this I'm going to need you to talk me through. <laughs> <laughs> How could this possibly go? Yeah. You made yeah. me laugh and you've shit me up. This fucker sold me on this book so hard. There's a map at the beginning. I ain't reading it. This is boring. No, we don't talk about it. We completely and utterly fucking ignore it, <laughs> bastards. People out there are going, what the fuck? This is the stuff I want to hear from a podcast. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Two Crones in a Book with your hosts Annette and... Shell. Shell. And uh, today we're going to be doing a review about This Thing Between Us, a novel by Gus Marino. Uh, this is a debut novel, by the mm-hmm. way. I didn't know it was uh, a debut. It is. It's his debut novel. Uh, I think it was released 2021. I don't have a date on here. Um, audio book length clocked in at a very comfortable five hours and 56 minutes. Shell, what about page-wise? It was only 272. Now, isn't that lovely? Isn't that a nice change? It, it, is, it is nice, yeah. Very nice and quick. We love a short read. As much as we love the long ones, it's nice to have a short one. You know, sometimes you just want something that's grab and go, don't you? Definitely. And this, this, and what a grab and go this was. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll also say on the on the audio book, it was narrated was narrated by Rob Moria. So it's more I R A. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you see where I'm going with it. Yep. All right. So the su- shall I get on with the summary rather than all this gubbins? tell us what it was about right so uh it was vera's idea to buy the itza the world's most advanced smart speaker didn't sounds familiar doesn't it (laughs) it didn't interest diego but vera thought it would be a bit of fun for them amidst all the strange occurrences happening in the condo it made things worse the cold spots and scratching in the walls were weird enough but peculiar packages started showing up at the house who ordered industrial lie i mean who (laughs) wasn't me (laughs) you can't prove it (laughs) Uh, then there was the eerie music at odd hours diego Waking up to Itza projecting light shows in an empty room. It was funny and strange right up until Vera was killed and Diego's world became unbearable. Pundits and politicians all looking to turn his wife's death into a symbol for their own agendas. A barrage of texts from her well-meaning friends about letting go and moving on. Waking to the sound of Itza talking softly to someone in the living room. Creepy. (laughs) The only thing left to do was to get far away from Chicago, away from everything and everyone. A secluded cabin cabin in Colorado seemed like the perfect place to hole up with his crushing grief. But soon Diego realizes there is no escape, not from his guilt, not from his simmering rage, and not from the evil hunting him, 
feeding on his grief, determined to make its way into this world. Oh, sounds promising. I know. I mean, tell me that's not going to make you immediately want to read this book. It's pretty gripping, isn't it? It's a pretty, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, immediate impressions. Shell, what did you think of this book? I liked it. I, um, yeah, I'm terrible, as you know. Uh, I don't really, I very rarely will research a book. If I do, it's generally after I've read it because I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I will say that the opening chapter of this was probably one of the most realistic Oof. descriptions of grief that I've come across. Yes, uh, it definitely touched the nerve. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? I absolutely loved it. I Yay! loved it. <laughs> this is completely up my street. I love I love I love that we're coming in uh, from from his debut novel as well. What a hell of a way to kick off. Isn't it? Oh I my know. god. And as you said, that whole beginning when he's describing the grief and because everything's told from Diego's point of view, it's him talking to Vera. And it, you don't kind of realise a little bit later, not having read the synopsis. Yes. Because I didn't do that either. Yep. Um, you don't realise she she's passed away. And yeah, just this whole description, oh my God, it was so relatable. Like I felt the anger he felt. Yeah, and you felt the disassociation that he felt. Yeah. You know, there was and, those moments yeah. where he just totally detached from what was going on. Yes. And then and the and the audacity it feels that everyone's turning your loved one's death to not well, their own agendas in some cases, but also almost like weaponizing it in some ways to mm. get you to do what you don't we were all familiar with this, that happens. Yeah. If you've suffered a massive loss in your life, be it a, a, a partner or a family member or a friend, and just just that whole feeling of, well, you weren't really there and why you don't have ownership of this death, you know? And it, it belittles your grief. Yeah, definitely. I just, oh, my God. If I could describe what I went through, I think definitely when my mother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is definitely what I went through. This is why I didn't, when I, at the time, I didn't want to talk to people. If I had a group of friends that were detached from it, I didn't want them to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Because I needed that normality where, because it just changes everyone around you and how they approach you and talk to you. And then, like I say, it's, people have different experiences of those people and he just describes it so well, like, He's he's like almost offended by how her like college friends react to it, but yeah. at the same time, that was that's another part of her, you know. That mm. so, and you kind of learn to accept. But at that time, that he describes it so perfectly. He's like, you don't have the frigging right. You don't have definitely. It, I mean, it, it's uh, it is a an amazing description of how grief affects us yeah. and those around us, and and how. You have to navigate when you're you're in that raw place. You have to out- navigate not only your own pain, but 
but you're trying to navigate the pain of those around you as well even if it's not the same level as yours you're 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 walking through a minefield yeah yeah I don't know if we'll go into it yet about the reasoning how she died but it's then taken to another level where it becomes a media frenzy around it because of certain circumstances yeah and then it's like complete everything that she would be opposed to what her death is used yeah. for. Yeah. And that's another kick in the nuts because you, again, there's nothing you can do about it. And that was completely out of his control. Yeah. And just, uh, so it's not only that feeling of loss and you, you know, and that you can't find yourself is lost. She's gone. And then you can't, you just can't, your whole world is just falling like yeah. Alice through the hole. Yeah. You know, you can't, there's nothing to grab onto to make this thing stop. You can't yeah. get off this ride. And it's just, oh, it's so, oh, Gus. Oh, it's so <laughs> well described, honestly. I, yeah. <sighs> like, I had to have a sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, because <laughs> oh, it just brings it all back. It really does. Those feelings, he just describes it so perfectly. I mean, for for me, this is before we go on to the spoiler floor. This is a it's a definite yes. So that opening um, section is it's it is a, a letter to his his dead wife, told from his point of view. You don't know at the time uh, the circumstances of her, of her death, and it was it, yeah, it was I, I was hooked from that first chapter because it was beautiful, and then all that happens after that point is a domino effect, a, a cascade avalanche of Ooh. shit that just keeps on coming. And, and it's all linked, even if you can't quite see how as it's happening. Yep. And it just, yeah, there were some bits in there that it, that he throws into the book and you're just like, shit, that was good. Yeah, like there will be moments that catch you off guard that, you, you know, yeah. when, you, when you think it's kind of settled it 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 kind of goes from one kind of vibe to another, and yeah, and then but the way he pulls you back to the. Do you remember that bit we were talking about before? Here you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Ooh>. Just in case <laughs> you didn't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember this bit. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's the best way we could do it without spoiling anything. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's if it's a thumbs up from me and it's the thumbs up from you, I'm yes guessing really it's time to put that spoiler shout out if you're going to stop listening now because you're going to read it which you should read it um yes won't take long <laughs> yeah it, it's a nice bite-sized little power rocket really yeah we are about to hit the spoiler floor so if you do go and read it let us know what you think um and all aboard the spoiler floor in it let's go Next stop, the spoiler floor. So, yes, Shell, my mm. word. This book. Yeah. <laughs> it was wicked. It was so freaking good. I mean, fr- like we said before, from that description on the back, because again, like you, I didn't, uh, this was purely the reason I did it, because it was all. It was over quite a lot of social media and people were just saying it's so good. But I was like, I'm not looking at what it's about. 
I'm not going to do that anyway. No, I'm not going to let you explain it. But everyone was like, it's brilliant. It's so good. It was like, well, stuff it. We'll give it a well. I'm yeah. so glad I didn't read anything about it. I think that might have detracted from it, possibly. Well, I think that because the blurb on the back is quite misleading. I think the summary, to an extent. I think that's part of its power, though. I think that's done on purpose. Oh, I see. He's, he's another one of them. He's yeah, a clever clogs. Yeah. <laughs> because, my God, you, you you cannot prepare yourself for that opening chapter that we just absolutely, like... Big love. Big loved, bow yeah. down to. And then I mean, where it goes next. I mean, chapter two, it's, it's... You start off with chapter one, as we've already said, with the funeral. And in chapter two, it's where you start to begin to get what I've lovingly nicknamed the backstory. So you're going... Yeah back you you come in at the point of the funeral and one of the beautiful things about this book is you've got stuff it's kind of like a dual timeline isn't it it isn't because you're not jumping around as in it was 1896 and it's now 2001 (laughs) but you you've got these different perspectives and it's as if you've got the two ends of the spectrum slowly working their way back in yeah Um, chapter two is where you start to get that backstory Uh, you know it's all about how they met um, you start to get a feel as well for some of the trippy shit that's that's been happening. Um, like you said, the smart speaker, the lights yeah. around the window, the bedroom window, and it was like a door. Yeah, I mean, it's like they start off doing like the like the cute shit you do when you get yourself like a, a smart speaker asking, you know, stupid questions like, well, I don't know, for instance, like um, open the pub bay doors, Hal. You know, stupid yeah. stuff like that that yeah. you would automatically do. And just to get those responses, it's all quite cute and quirky. Yeah. And then, as you say, bits start happening. They discuss it with uh, friends who yeah. say, well, you know, they all do these odd things now and again. And yeah. everyone's, you know, mentions they've had a glitch here and there. But then uh, it starts to grow, doesn't it? It becomes yeah. more than a glitch. Yeah, it, it, it comes in the shape of a... Big floppy dildo, doesn't it? Through the bay. Yeah, that's one of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that combined as well with the... I, I thought, straight away, I thought that, that perhaps there was a possession in the house because yeah. they referenced the cold patches as well. And I, I kind of went along the line of, I thought a poltergeist or something had possessed this really fucking creepy smart speaker. Do you have a, a smart speaker? I do, I do actually, and uh, Hayden has one in his room and I have one downstairs, yeah. I had one and I got rid of it because it used to freak me out. <laughs> I mean, there there are odd times when, uh, say, we'll be sat in the living room because it's in the kitchen yeah, and we'll be talking and then out of nowhere you'll just say, bloop, bloop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or she'll start talking and you're like, what? <laughs> there was nobody in there and nobody said anything. I don't like that. Unplug, unplug. <laughs> So like, yeah, I had one in my in I had one in the front room, one in the bedroom. And um it was when it decided everyone goes to me, it was just rebooting or it was a software update. Mm. When it would just light up in the middle of the night and the whole room would just go into this blue glow. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not listening for me. to me. <laughs> Tinfoil hat comes out, they're listening again. <laughs> oh, they'd be listening to us. I'm so fucking tired. So yeah. there was no I had anything. What's this shit you've got on? <laughs> yeah. 
But we're digressive. We're digressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's Trippy speaking, like Annette says, and you get this giant um, dildo, but then it it just just randomly arrives in the mail. I did think it was kind of sweet how he didn't want the raccoons or whatever it was to get it out the bin yeah. when he threw it away. <laughs> so he wraps it up and puts some coffee grounds around it and all that sort of jazz. I was like, no. That's sweet. <laughs> just love it. <laughs> and he puts it in someone else's bin. Because well. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the kind of shit you do, isn't it? <laughs> No, I don't have stuff like that. Well, no, 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 we don't buy things like that. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, from that point, we, we jumped to um, when she's in the hospital and she's in a coma. Mm. Um, and the bit that got me with this is the TV's on and the exorcist is playing. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and he, it's the priest in the exorcist. I can't remember it word for word, but the priest, Annette might be able to correct me. She'll correct me if I'm wrong. I have no doubt. I'm listening. <laughs> and the younger priest says to the older priest, you know, why this girl? And the other priest, the older one, um, replies to, to make us despair and to see ourselves as animal and ugly and reject the possibility that God could love us. Yeah. And he thinks, um, the guy in it thinks that if she was ever to send him a sign, that was her sending him a sign. Because mm. she dies shortly afterwards, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you want me to just keep rapiding? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna chip in and like distract you. This is because you know I love listening to you talk back about them. Because you know if I do, you it's just, just humor like, and, me. Uh, <laughs> no, because if it was me, like, and uh, this happened, and then that happened. <laughs> uh, we're winging it. We wing it together. Yay! Yay! Um, I <laughs> after that, I loved the bit about um how he. It's that tied in, that thing with the exorcist tied in very well with how he, he'd referenced how others were looking for a sign. You know, he said that some of her circle and her friends were getting tattoos and it just, it devalued the gesture because, yes. you know, why would he do something like that when a million other people had already gone and done it? Um, yeah. Because he was in that level of despair, wasn't he? And he gets yeah. this whacking payout, then he gets this massive lump sum. Uh, yeah. From the insurance. And it was really nice because you're getting a vibe. You realise how much by now that he loved her. And you kind of get the gist that she loved him. Oh, yeah. And it's she. she's even looking after him in death because he's absolutely, he's blue collar. He's absolutely crap with money. He's not from a great background socially. Um, he's a bit of a black sheep because he's not yeah. a black sheep. Yeah. Um, and even even in death, she's made sure that he's all right. He doesn't have to worry. And he uses mm. that to go and buy this remote cabin, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the with the it was with the blessing of of his of her mother as well, really, wasn't it? Yeah. He was really. She didn't want him to go, but she respected that he was going. Yeah. It's like it was the first time when somebody, I think the reference is it. She's like, don't say the thing, and she, she says the thing, and the thing is, what would what would Vera want you to do? Yeah, and his and answer be, is leave, go somewhere hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the and the mother's like, well, there you go then. Yeah, and it, it's something that rather than emotionally blackmailing him, it's encouraging. Yeah, because him. it kind of seems like that at first, because obviously she takes very much ownership of the funeral yeah. and the and most of the care given for Vera when she is in the hospital. 
but that's just because she at first you think, oh God, you know, she's overpowering, she's taking over. Mm. No, it's that's a mother's grief. Partly because yeah, it's it's you know, and obviously he can't be he's not a hundred percent present in the moment and she kind of doing what she has to do. So mm. you I, it's nice to see that all, fairly soon that she's not actually this horrible possessive mother no, you know she does care for him as well because she she didn't want them to get married um no you find because that out it, in the book yeah. yeah but death does strange things doesn't it so the death kind of brings them together yeah definitely um or one of the things which i thought was really nice and it was really subtle and i initially thought it was a a symbol of, of grief was he keeps finding her hair in his shirts. Yes. And it seems to be when um, positive, positive moments are about to happen. Yeah. Or hopeful, positive and yeah, hopeful. Some, something, something that he's doesn't realize he needs, but he needs. Yeah. Seems to happen when he finds one of these hairs in like his shirt collar this point once he's heading off to the remote cabin this is when your real freaky diggity wickedy shit starts to happen yeah, yeah this is like dun 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 <laughs> you think yeah. he's on something he's been um, on peyote or something what's going on <laughs> i mean we've we've missed a, a massive significant chunk which is you find out how they brought the condo uh, that they're living in the previous tenant did some weird trippy shit in there and he's yeah because they should they yeah cause she was evicted wasn't she yeah and and he vera and and had wanted to track him down that was her name wasn't it vera yeah vera is the yeah yeah um and had wanted to track her down to find out what the fuck was going on and that was just before she she died and he ends up going to see her before he goes to the cabin. She can barely speak English. He can barely speak Spanish. So it's quite challenging. Yeah, this is the thing she explains because he's actually Mexican American, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, but he doesn't speak but barely any Spanish. Speak... No. So it's like you're just picking up bits and pieces, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, like, no, was... you, do, you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Google Translate. Yeah. Um, but that that was quite significant because I mean the gist of it with that is is she she opened the door for some trippy shit to start to filter through, didn't she? Although you find some other stuff that's kind of linked to him later, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's left to to go to this cabin. He's on his way to the cabin. He takes a wrong turn in. Um, he ends up seeing uh, a diner. He pulls in because he wants to pee. Um, and maybe possibly something to eat. He goes in and there's this cook in there and the cook says to him, I'll make you a milkshake and they're chatting away and then he leaves and he's off on his drive again and then he looks in his rear mirror. Um, there's some trippy shit with some creepy demon-possessed running chef chasing him in some weird <laughs> fucked-up way and that's when you kind of realise that the chef is going to be, or the cook, the chef or the cook is going to be significant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because at first it seems somewhat innocuous and just kind of like a, just a point for reflection yeah. when they're when they're talking together. And it's just like you know, it's another part of the process is what you you're assuming. Yeah, and it's not at all. It's like no, no, oh, no. it's significant. See, this is where this is where when we're talking about the the keeping you on one path and then like bringing you back around to another. It's like, oh my god, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. 
it, it was it was good. Um, and he gets to the cabin, and he he's kind of settling in, and then he finds this stray dog. And he decides, oh, yeah, he decides to keep the stray dog reluctantly. He takes it to the vet, and it's just because he doesn't want to, to really love anything is what he's trying it was to do. It Br- Brimley, Brimley was the name of the dog after yeah. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> and he, yeah, he takes it to the vet. The vet gives it the once over, says, you know, if he goes to the shelter, he'll probably be put down, blah, blah, blah. So he takes it home, and he doesn't want to love it, but he does. And he, he falls quite hard for it. And, and I mean, there's a line in it where it's, you know, he, he thinks I should have looked after the, I should have looked after you the way I looked after the dog. So the dog yeah. runs away and he goes, just because it's seen something, it's chasing a squirrel or something. And he goes chasing it and he retrieves it. And he has that moment of fear because he thinks he's lost the dog because he loves it by now. And then he finds it and it's that moment of relief. And, and there's this weird trippy big red stone that's quite significant in the story. It's not red, but a big red big stone and yeah. um, the relief that he that's when he then feels guilty because he thinks I, I, I should have looked after you as in Vera the way that I looked after the dog and it's yeah. like a, a transfer of of guilt really when the dog runs off he's, he's transferring what he didn't give to Vera to the dog mm. you were with me so far I am no I just I'm just thinking of the dog because <laughs> yeah. this Brimley is described as probably the most one of the most lovable dogs I think I've ever read in fiction. Yes. He's an absolute great big lumbering softy bum. And yeah. you just want to cuddle him all night long. <laughs> and um, then something happened. And I'm like, nothing but happened to this damn dog. I can't do it. <laughs> I was the same. I was like, oh, man, this is a red flag. This level yeah. of joy this early yeah, in the I, book is a red flag. I, I, I'm in love with this dog. <laughs> is it not going to work well? No. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the dogs run off um, and he goes chasing it. And, and there's it's a stone door rather than a slab. I think it's described as like a stone door. Yeah. Um, and then while he's there looking at it, he gets a call from the mum-in-law saying that Vera's stone on her grave has been laid. And you think, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, well, the dog's out and about. They've had a few Around more the days. Yeah, they've had a few more Because he's living together. on the, on this farm. <laughs> and the dog's out and about. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's this heartbreaking no. moment <laughs> where... There's this, the dog's moving the stone because the stone reappears, I think it is. And he, the dog's moving something, sniffing around, and there's this big puff of ye- orangey, yellowy substance. I mean, I never knew that these were a thing. And I think no. they're a really fucking bad idea. No. They're called cyanide bombs. But I think was that they're not meant to be like an outdated. I can't remember if it was meant to be an outdated thing, and they should have all been cleared or some cleared away or something. But one well, got forgotten. Is yeah, what the theory was, I think. Apparently, they put them on working farms so that when the ranch farm thing he's now living on stopped being a working farm with hens, chickens, and whatever. Yeah. They were supposed to remove them, and they didn't. Was and, it to stop the wolves getting yeah. to the animals? Yeah. And. He rushes it, and it's heartbroken. He rushes it to the vet, and, yeah, the vet basically oh, says, God. you're lucky it wasn't you. Um, 
and then I'd rather have been me. <laughs> and then there's this whole beautifully heart wrenching moment where it's really cold where he is, and he he takes the dog home because they won't let him have the dog's ashes because the way that in that area they're cremated, they're all cremated together, so they couldn't just give that dog's ashes back. Yeah. So he says, no, I'm going to take it home then and I'm going to bury it. But the land, and he's got no idea how to, to dig into Frozen. So he goes into a hardware store and the guy in the store takes real pity on him, doesn't he? When he says, I've got to bury yeah. the dog. And he goes, yeah. okay, mate, you know, come with me. This is what you're going to need. And, and this is going to, how you're going to have to do it. Um, and he, so he takes the stuff home and he does this ritual um, to bury the dog. And he buries the dog. There's lots of stuff going on. There's the stone reappearing and disappearing again. And then the doggy comes back. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really cheery at first, though, isn't it? It's like, okay, we've got ourselves kind of a pet cemetery moment you know, going exactly on here. Where my mind went when I was like, no, you, you know, it doesn't matter. This is, this is, no, this it, is not going to be good. He's sweet now, but mm. that's, that's <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> what got happen? <laughs> he kind of, of thinks that it's possibly his wife has, has helped bring the dog back. Well, yeah, um, because obviously we've not mentioned as well, There is the, he has a, a wall full of books there and they were starting to like yeah. pop pop off the shelf. And in the books, there was nothing, it, they were blank. But then eventually he's kind of like, is this you? And it's kind of communi- communicating yeah. back by the pages. And one, and then there was a consistent pull me out of the wall, pull me out of the wall. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point, he finds because the dog's already back and, and bouncing around, and he finds a hair at that point in his shirt, and he thinks, well, maybe this wall, this stone thing, brought the dog back. So if he can get put the hair in the grave where the stone still is, maybe it will bring Vera back. Yeah. Um. And like you say, with the books falling off the shelf, only something makes him think something's not right. Um, And he realises that it's not his dog. And as soon as he realises that, it's not the dog he lost. Yeah, he doesn't bury the hair. Yeah. Yeah, he, he stops and doesn't bury the hair. And at this point, the dog flips and then attacks him. Yeah, and the dog's trying to drag him towards the wall stone thing. And yeah. he says, you know, leave me alone, leave me alone. And another book falls off of the shelf, which is how he's thought up until this point Vera's been communicating with him. And when he opens it and read, reads it, it says, sorry, Dave, can't do that. Yeah. Ah, see, puppy does. Ah. <laughs> I literally in the middle of the street went, oh, the dot, a shit up sweep, something chronic. He nearly jumped in the middle of the day. Oh, she said it. <laughs> It's the reference. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, oh, call back. Oh. <laughs> um, and then there's some shit starts happening, and um, he manages to to escape. Yeah, but it's really gnarly. This shit, you've gone from absolutely adoring this dog to like, kill the fucking dog! (laughs) (laughs) The dog's a psychopath! Where's the shovel here with the shovel? (laughs) (laughs) This this is a description though when he's trying to escape the dog. Oh my God. It was amazing, wasn't it? And weren't you in the moment? Completely in the moment? Could could not stay still. Could not stay still. I'm like, 
fucking... It's like when you shout the TV to someone, run. <laughs> you live in it. Oh, and then it just, it gets very visceral because it's like, because obviously this, it's still, a, it's a, it's a dead dog. So it's kind of decaying. Mm. Still, so like the skin is very uh, malleable. So it comes off dead easy on different things. It's like, it's like half its face is missing stuff like that. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus, kill the fucking dog. <laughs> Where I'm like, no, don't hurt the baby. Now I'm like, murder him, murder him. <laughs> Cut off his head. <laughs> And then as he's escaping, and he's trying to run to his truck, and the next cheerleading, it's murder. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pitchfork, kill the beast. Um, the the mum, the mum-in-law that he he's been sustained in contact with, unexpectedly rocks up. And even yeah, the mum's the mum's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you could just picture it like the happy waves. Like he's coming to, he's coming. Why is he running so fast? Oh my god! <laughs> so he he went, he's, he's been bitten. His arms all fucked up from the dog, and he gets in the car and they drive off. And he must have he must pass out from the injury. Yeah. And he has this whole trippy scene where he's at a beach and the cook is there, and the cook goes, "Oh no, we're not ready for you yet." Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but they're all here. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some other really creepy shit there as well. Um, yeah. And then the, he tells the mum everything, um, and the mum decides to help when she's got like her, her magic Mexican wise women, wise men, and all that. She's doing a ring around trying to find out what the hell they can do. Yeah. And you, it's at this point that you find out that when they go back, so they gather everything up. There's some weird shit at a hotel they're staying at as well, where you realise that something is coming for him. And you find out that he's been writing what you've been reading as a letter to Vera as part of a ritual that he's now trying to do yep. to get rid of whatever this fucking thing is. So um, clever. Yeah. So, so clever. <laughs> so, you know, he's back at the cabin with a mum-in-law um, and the cook turns up, but it's it's not the cook, it's the vet because he took the dead dog the second time back to the vet and then you start to realise that whatever is, is in the cookies he possesses other things and yeah because there there was sorry there was that whole scene wasn't there that where yeah they take they take it after he he says just burn him this time cremate him and then he gets he uh he gets a call to go back to the vets and they're all pretty shaken up and the vets missing yeah, they, you go into the, you go into the operating theater and it's just like blood and carnage. Like the, it looks like the dog exploded. Yeah, almost. Um, but the yeah, but the vet's missing. And then fast forward to where Michelle is now, and who's knocking on the cabin door? It's the fucking vet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and there's this weird thing where it gets in, um, and he he's having a bit of a battle with him, um, and the mum appears from nowhere. The mum-in-law she appears. He thinks that she's. Dave thinks that she's abandoned him. She hasn't. She rocks back up out of nowhere and shoots the vet, a.k.a. the cook, in the head. And yep. this big hole appears and starts to suck her into the hole. <laughs> so what the fuck? What kind of, what kind of Junji Ito freaking what is this turning into now? Yeah, and, and then there's like the skin's being pulled off of her arm. And, and perfect really good description um anyway so they go running they manage to get away from the cook vet stroke whatever this demon thing is yeah um and they're they're running away and they're running through the woods around the property um and dave ends up getting sucked into there you go 
Diego. 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 I don't know why I keep calling him Dave. I'm so it's sorry. because of that. It's because of that bit with the reference to 2001 Space Odyssey. Ah, that's why. That's yeah. what it is. That's what's yeah. locked in my head. Diego. It is. Diego. Um, yeah. Thank you for the correction. Diego. <laughs> I'd have just carried on. <laughs> So Diego, they're running, and he falls into what is now the open grave of the dog because when the dog reappeared, he dug it all back up to see if it was still empty. And he gets sucked into it, and then the vet's there, and then the grave's being filled in, and you think he's going to die. Um, and the mum-in-law has got some really awful trippy shit going on while she's running around the woods. She ultimately dies. Her husband, which was Vera's stepdad, now won't talk to him. The family's decided that they're going to sue him for cash. Um, he's decided that he's going to bolt it back to uh, a place in Mexico, um, which mm-hmm. is where his dead mum told him about when he was younger and it took him there once. And there's lots of it's culturally relevant. Um, but it's at that point he's walking down the street, he's getting ready. Um, and there's this whole thing with his teeth where he sees the cook appear but it's not the cook it's the mum-in-law but it's not the mum-in-law it's the vet and it's it was really really tricky. yeah and he grinds his teeth so hard um, <sighs> that he goes to the dentist and the dentist says what what were you chewing cement like he's got blood pouring people in the yeah. waiting room won't talk to him he's got nerves exposed what? Um, yeah so anyway <sighs> He goes under there's some weird shit that goes on in the dentist and um, they end up putting him under because they've got to do the work when he goes under he sees the cook um, and the cook basically says to him, you know, as a monster, sort of, I've always been with you. You know, all the old lady did in the flat that lived there before you is just make it easier to get through the portal. Yeah. Um, and it ties into his heritage of all of his his dad and his uncles and his brothers all being black sheep and, and little bad bastards. Yeah. He's tripping in and out of it. He wakes up and he wanders off. He's around in a daze. He wanders off. He ends up at Vera's grave. He realises as he comes to that he's, he's pissing on a grave. Yeah. And then it switches to the third person, mm. which is the first time in the book. And he's sitting at a table and he looks around and there's the cook and there's his mum and his there's dad. his dad. And there's Vera's Literally. almost ready for him. Yeah. Um, and that that's it. And it kind of, kind of ends. Yeah. Just like, what? I mean, I... but it's it's like every but it's like when he's talking to the people, it's like everything, every, all their problems have gone. Like his father had issues with yeah. the drinks. So I don't do that anymore. It's it's not a thing, you know. Yeah, and I mean, all good. I I wondered if I mean one of the other scenes that we've missed out is where you find out how she died, and then you go and see the person who was involved in her death. That was a really good scene as well. Yes. But uh, when it got to the end of the book, I wondered if this was, I mean, it's clearly a horror book. We're not going to say it's not. It clearly is a horror no. book. Yeah. But I wondered if it was mirroring, following the five stages of grief and that final bit was acceptance. Very much, yes. Oh, definitely. You know, you've got that rage in there, that anger, the depression. We've had some denial in there. and that Bargaining. Bargaining. Yeah. And, and that final step is, you know, acceptance. Only his acceptance is going wherever the hell he's gone with Demon Cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michelle, this book. What was your favourite bit? I've finished my rabbiting. I've done my notes. What was your favourite bit? Like I said, I just, I, I love the callback references of like, like, like I mentioned 
when he, when they're just playing around with the Alexa and, you know, mm. you say something daft with it. Well, not Alexa, sorry. The, uh, um, we can't it's get sued. A, we don't have any money. No, don't get sued. No, no, no in the book, it's it's a, no, it's a, it's an it's a, but yeah, it's like, and it, it, and it seems almost kind of innocuous thing to mention. Yeah. But, and then just that bit where he pulled the, where he pulls out the book and it says, I can't do that. And you're like, I can't do that. Dev. And you're like, what, what the, why did I remember that line? Why did that? Oh my God. <laughs> it was, oh, oh, like it, it was such a journey. Like I did not see the beginning coming. It, I mean, even like you say, when we, when you read the synopsis on the back, you yeah. don't, you're not prepared for what it's going to put you, the situation it's going to put you in. No. And I just, I, I thoroughly embraced it and enjoyed it. I just, I loved the ups and downs of it. Non-stop as well. It was it, non-stop. No, but it was, it, it was like, it was, it was a, a, a reading roller coaster. It 100%. really was. I loved how it could go from such darkness and visceral horror to absolute love and adoration and sweetness but not being sickly whatsoever and yeah it was oh god it was so well done and i just the developing relationships as well that you saw through it not only with between him him and vera but also with mother-in-law that was and it turned into a really sweet relationship and the difference towards him at the two different funerals, because he yes. clearly blamed and considered cursed when he's at the mum-in-law's funeral. Yeah. Oh, just, oh God. This is so good on so many levels. Yeah. But you do feel like you're tripping your ass off sometimes. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> you know, the yeah, like, give me a second here now. <laughs> Especially when he's on that beach with the cook and then the whole thing with the vet in the cabin. You're like, yeah. give me a minute. Yeah. What's happening? Am I hearing this right? Did that just happen? There is a black hole in a man's face. And she's using <laughs> both, he's using both his feet to push against the vet to try and pull the mum out. It was, it was just, yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was really, really good. Really, it was really so good. clever. I mean, my God, what a way to kick off. I mean, where can you go from here? It can, I mean, bloody hell. He has certainly set the bar high, hasn't he? He's a clever bugger, is our Gus, and I fully appreciate him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 100% thumbs up from me. I think it was a good recommendation, and you should check it out. Yeah, it's such a refreshing new horror feel as well it's you know there's nothing stagnant often sometimes they can be quite repetitive reading a lot of horror Mm -hmm. i mean there are certain ones where we can see tropes and you you know you can see what's coming next this one i did not see any of it coming no i I think this this is was pretty stellar actually this is amazing i mean this i mean i know we're only into our second book of the year but oh my god, immediate number one status! <laughs> my god, yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty good. The bar, it, it, bar's been set, I think. A very high bar indeed. I mean, <laughs> good luck the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think we should probably leave it at that. 
Yes, let's. We've heaped enough praise on this uh, fella. <laughs> you got, I'm going to start getting accused of stalking abilities again yeah. soon. You know the way this goes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we'll we, we, we call it a day at that. Definite thumbs up. Really, really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, it, you're really horror. missing. Yeah, if you're really missing out if you don't give it a go. You really are. Excellent. Well, go read it and let us know what you think. Yay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.